Bug food is back, and you're going to love it. (laughs) The Earth's core, apparently, has stopped spinning. Should we be be worried about this? The Earth's core has stopped spinning. No kidding. And TikTok, speaking of spinning, has more control over your account than you think. We'll tell you about that coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday, halfway through the week. What is a short week for us here in Malaysia, because most people have the week off. It's uh, Chinese New Year. What is this, the uh, one, two, three, fourth day of Chinese New Year? Um, so, yeah, everybody's still celebrating. Everybody is uh, mostly back in their hometowns. People are slowly eking their way back to work. But uh, yeah, we're live across the planet on rumble.com, YouTube, Facebook, and twitch.tv. You can follow us on any one of those places, and we hope you do. It doesn't cost you anything. It's absolutely free, and uh, it helps us show out a lot. So thank you for that. We're also a podcast. The audio part of our show comes up as a podcast about 10-15 minutes after we're done being live and you can follow us on uh, subscribe to us on uh, your favorite podcast platform iTunes Spotify wherever you get your podcast from you'll find the Jay Sheldon show there yes indeedy it's time to get you updated on our favorite furry little friend that would be our Shiba Inu called Miko and this is the Miko update Look at this wealthy little girl. Oh, my. Yeah, that's Miko. And part of Chinese New Year is what's called Ang Pao's. Ang Pao's are red packets, they're also called. They have money, usually, inside. And uh, you give them as a gift, as a way of saying good luck, a way of helping out. There's all kinds of rules and things. If you're married, you're not supposed to get Ang Pao's. You're supposed to give them. If you, I, I, I don't begin to understand it. But anyway, uh, yeah, Miko, who is an unmarried woman, <laughs> apparently did very well. That's a lot of Ang Pao's for Miko. So I may very well have to go to Miko for a loan soon. Um, <laughs> she's doing great. Ate her food today very well. Had a couple of great walks. I did her business, met some friends, and uh, life goes on. Ah, the life of a Miku. Uh, a Miko. <laughs> Miku. I, I, that's a combination of Shiba Inu and Miko in one. Our uh, Miko update brought to you by the folks at BarkBox.com. That's a subscription service. You sign up for your dog. And every month you will get a box full of treats and toys for your dog. They are incredible. They're healthy treats and dog chew. Uh, The toys are designed specifically for your dog to entertain them for hours. You'll get one every month. You sign up for a multi-month subscription. And with our special link, you will get an extra month. You can sign up for one month only if you want. Test them out. I strongly encourage you to go over to YouTube or wherever you get your videos, and a rumble even, and type in 
BarkBox reviews. Check them out. They're great. Um, and uh, if you sign up for a six-month subscription, you will get seven with our special link. Twelve months will get you 13. And uh, it's BarkBox.com slash Miko. Now, if you notice in our show notes tonight, under Miko Recommends BarkBox, that's our normal link, BarkBox.com slash Miko. But there's a second link tonight, and that will take you to a special page, which will get you a free dog bed when you sign up. Thank you, Miko. You don't have to use BarkBox.com slash Miko. You can use the second link. If you're not interested in this extra free month offer, you can get a free dog bed. You can even size it right for your dog, and you have a choice of three different covers for it. They're very beautiful, very comfortable. And uh, yeah, that's the second link under Miko Recommends BarkBox in our show notes. If you want to check it out, a free dog bed when you sign up at BarkBox.com. Again, our normal link, BarkBox.com slash Miko is the one, and uh, you will get a fantastic deal. Your dog will be happy, you will be happy, and all will be right with the world. (laughs) Is there anything more? All right. You ready for eating some bugs? You know, not bugs, but Texas chicken has this plant-based burger. And you know me, I'm not into all this crap. But I found out today that this plant-based burger, it even says, by the way, there's a little asterisk, says not vegan, vegetarian friendly. So I don't know why it's plant-based. It's not meat. But anyway, you vegans do you. Um, It has ranch dressing on it. Now, There is a very short list of things I won't eat if it has ranch dressing on it because I loves me some ranch dressing. I am so tempted to try this now that I know it has ranch dressing because however crappy this plant-based garbage might be, ranch dressing might just save the day. If I do decide to to try it next time I'm at Texas Chicken, I will post about it. I'll do a review of it. I'll let you know. I can't stand these tofu-y, plant-based, vegan, no-meat crap foods. They drive me nuts. Give me a steak, medium rare, all day long. But it's got ranch dressing, so how bad could it be? (laughs) Well, it could be as bad as this. Bugs! Yeah, bugs! The link's in our show notes if you want to read this article and get disgusted. Bugs are going to be used in bread, beer, not beer, and various other items intended for the general population. And it's all courtesy of the European Union. Yeah, courtesy of the EU. Look at that, a big, tempting, tasty bowl of crickets. The next pizza or beer you order, the American traveler in Europe, could be loaded with bug dust because of the European Food Safety Authority. According to the official journal of the EU, a company called Cricket One, yeah, Cricket One, submitted an application in 2019 
seeking authorization to place partially defatted house crickets, a phrase which I never want to see on a menu in my life. That alone, partially defatted house cricket powder. They want to place it on the market as a novel food. They sought to clear, they sought to make it okay to use this in the manufacture of a bunch of different kinds of foods like multigrain bread and rolls, crackers, breadsticks, cereal bar, nothing is safe, dry premixes for baked products, biscuits, dry stuffed and non-stuffed pasta-based products, beer-like beverages, chocolate confectionery, and meat preparations. Oh, my God. The, uh, the Food Safety Administration from Europe, the EEU, concluded in early 2022 that cricket powder was safe under the proposed conditions of use and use levels, despite admitting there was limited published evidence on food allergy related to insects in general, which equivocally links the consumption of house crickets to a number of anaphylaxis events. Hmm. Evidence demonstrating that the house cricket contains a number of potentially allergenetic proteins and that such bug dust may cause allergic reactions, listen up, in persons that are allergic to crustaceans, mollusks, and dust mites. Mm. So if you have any of those allergies, you might want to give the defatted crickets a pass. Gary Martin's like the stream. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. Please give us a like or a follow, rather, or a follow or a subscribe. Um, the bug dust approval of the New York Allergy and Sinus Center reported proteins in, in shellfish are also present in crickets, which means that if you suffer from a shellfish allergy, there is a high chance you will be allergic to crickets. So I am not allergic to shellfish, but let me just say I am philosophically allergic to crickets. You put that crap in my food, I better know about it so I can say, no thank you. Anyway, as of January 24th, as of yesterday, Cricket One is now permitted to peddle its pest food in Europe. Uh, yellow mealworms and grasshoppers have already been approved. This is from Europe, which means if you don't think it's coming to the U.S., think again. You'll be next. There's more in this article. Check it out if you want. You can read about it. You can find out more about the disgusting habit of, you know, the WEF told you you're going to eat bugs. You're going to own nothing. You're going to love it. We told you before on this show. And you probably laughed and said, nah, it'll never happen. Well, guess what? It's happened. It's not even coming. It's here. Yeah. All right. The Earth's core, you know, we have the crust, the mantle. I don't know all the names. I forget my grammar school science. But in the very center of the Earth is a molten core. 
which spins. Apparently, it stopped. Earth's core, according to scientists, appears to have stopped spinning. <laughs> yeah, the headline says, huh? According to a new study, this is, this is weird, folks. Why aren't, why aren't we falling off? According to a new study, the Earth's inner core appears to have stopped spinning. That may sound bad, yeah. Scientists say it's not a big deal. The new findings detailed in a paper published uh, in the journal Nature, Geoscience, support the theory that the core comes to a halt and reverses direction every 60 or 70 years. I didn't know this. When I saw that headline, the, the Earth's core has stopped spinning, I'm like, whoa, what? I've seen articles in the news lately about possible of the poles shifting. That's eh, another subject. But this has actually happened. The Earth's core stopped spinning, which to me is like, huh? Measuring seismic waves from quakes deep beneath the surface. These researchers found the Earth's inner core may be experiencing a turnback. Multi-decadal oscillation is what they call it. There was another turning point apparently back in the 70s. So I was alive for that one too. Weird. The reason for this switch back and forth, the scientists believe, it involves the Earth's magnetic fields. It causes the planet's mostly liquid outer core to move, which forces the inner core to rotate. And also, gravity. The mantle and the inner core are highly heterogeneous. So the gravity between their structures tends to drag the inner core to the position of gravitational equilibrium. Big words. This so-called gravitational coupling leads uh, authors Yi Yang and Xiao Dong Song, a pair of researchers at Peking University. If the two forces don't balance, the inner core will accelerate or decelerate as they get more balanced. Very weird could explain a number of observed phenomena like the Earth's uh, climate system to even shifts in the length of a single day. In fact, the gravitational coupling between the inner core and the mantle may cause deformation at the Earth's surface, which would affect sea level. Weird. There's a little more information if you want to read about it. It's in the article, which is in our show notes tonight. But indeed, it appears that it's true. The Earth's inner core has stopped spinning. And apparently, scary as that sounds, it's not something to be worried about. And it's happened about every 60 or 70 years. Weird. Weird. Coffee break time. Hang on. I try and be quiet, but I know you can hear that because this mic is very sensitive. <laughs> All right. Speaking of people who are sensitive or overly sensitive, M&Ms. 
You like M&M's? I love M&M's. I'm more of a fan of regular M&M's rather than M&M's peanuts. Anyway, M&M's that went woke a short while ago. I don't know if you saw the story or not, but it's crap like usual. Well, guess what? They walked it back. Yes. M&M's walks back a new woke spoke candies. You know the M&M guys? Those are called spoke candies, like spokesperson. They got backlash and they hired an actress to promote the brand instead. And uh, it's apparently a spokesperson all of America can agree on. The new special edition packaging of M&M's didn't last very long. Two weeks, just two weeks after the candy brand announced an all-female version would soon hit the shelves, its parent company, Mars, decided to put that marketing campaign on pause. (laughs) January 5th, they made the announcement, the female packaging, and announced updates to the iconic spoke candies that have appeared in commercials for years, when I was a kid. Uh was put on hold. For the new look, female spokes candies green and brown were redesigned to tone down their femininity. Green wore sneakers instead of white go-go boots, and brown wore heels that were lower and more square compared to the high heels she'd worn in the past. (sighs) These are candies, folks. Eminem even gave hints that the two characters may be in a lesbian relationship. Ooh. <laughs> telling you. Okay, fine. Read more. It's rare Mrs. Brown and I get to spend time together without some colorful characters barging in. I see the implication here. Lesbian candies. It could be. The brand also introduced... Purple, a new female spokes candy designed to promote inclusivity. As a peanut M&M, she appears plus-sized, and her debut commercial features Purple parading around the backstage of a theater singing a song called I'm Just Gonna Be Me. Hmm. Well, the global VP at Mars Wrigley, Jane Huang, just released uh, recently asserted that consumers would relate to and appreciate the revamped version of the beloved candy. Consumers and right-leaning outlets instead responded with outrage. Media Matters created a montage of various Fox personalities, Tucker Carlson, Kat Timpf, Martha McCullen, denouncing the new woke version of M&M's. I think this is the kind of thing that makes China say like, oh, good, keep focusing on that. (laughs) Anyway, apparently Eminem got the message. Most people were tired of this global woke crap. And on Monday, they said it's all-female edition could be polarizing to some and said all spokes candies have been placed on an infinite pause in favor of a new spokesperson, actress, comedian Maya Rudolph, a former cast member of Saturday Night Live, who also starred in films like Bridesmaid, 
and Idiocracy. Idiocracy is a good movie. <clears throat> anyway, so there you go. New spokesperson, the candies, the woke candies are on hold indefinitely. And good for us. Uh, go woke, go broke. Happens all the time. Here's another one from Blaze Media. This is insane. This is in freaking sane. This interview is illegal. Texas dad risks jail time because he wants to speak about what's happening to his son. I'm not allowed to talk about whether my son is a boy or a girl. A judge has banned Texas dad, Jeff Younger, from speaking about his son, James, who was taken from him by the courts after he refused to call his son a girl. But Jeff said he'd rather go to jail than comply. I will appear in handcuffs, but I am not taking this tyranny. He was a guest on Jeff Beck's program, Targets of Tyranny, uh, telling James' story and explaining the biggest lessons he learned while battling the legal system, as idiotic as it gets sometimes. This interview is illegal in the state of Texas, Jeff told Glenn. I was banned from publishing any blog posts, social media posts, publishing a newspaper article, doing any writing at all about my situation. Talk about a First Amendment violation. Where the hell does this court get off? I was also permanently banned from doing interviews, podcasts, appearing on TV interviews, and all these are specifically laid out. Banned from speaking on three political topics. I'm not allowed to talk about anything about transgender issues, gender expansiveness, or whether my son is a boy or a girl. I've told this judge, and I'll tell this judge every time I do an interview, I will never follow your illegal and unconstitutional order. Good on you. I have contempt for her as a judge issuing the order. Well, you should. Maximum contempt for the tyrannical language of the order. And I will never follow the order. Jeff continues. Wow. Unbelievable. There's uh, more to this story. You can get some background and stuff, but... This judge issued what is absolutely a completely ridiculous and, more importantly, unconstitutional order, telling this guy he is not allowed to talk about things, including whether or not his son is a boy or a girl. And this guy is planting both feet in the ground and saying, screw you, I will talk about what I want to talk about, and you can't tell me I can't do it. Good on you. I strongly encourage you not only to <clears throat> not only to read the rest of this article, but share it on your social media accounts because it's it's beyond stupid. This this 
This is a judge? Seriously? This judge ought to be, what is it? What do you do to judges? Disbar them? No, that's lawyers. I don't know. She ought to be taken down off of her high horse. Incredible. Well, here's the latest technology that will read your thoughts. It exists, and wouldn't you know, the World Economic Forum is all for it. The WEF, which has, it's over, it's done. They all got on their private jets and went back home. They heard about technology that would allow your thoughts to be monitored. The annual WEF gathering been a testing ground for some rather bizarre ideas as usual. Nonetheless, serve a purpose to introduce and, if possible, normalize all kinds of mass surveillance and sometimes rather extreme privacy-invasive technologies. Monitoring your brain activity via implants. You're going to have to hold me down and tie me to a table before you have any of that crap. It doesn't get much more invasive than that. One of the technologies that was presented at an event in Davos this year by Duke University professor Nita Farahani. Brain implants are not new. Uh, They're used in medicine to treat some very serious conditions, but the kind that they talked about at the World Economic Forum are uh, the ones put into healthy people. You know, you have your cochlear, whatever it's called, implant that uh, helps deaf people hear, things like that. Basically, these implants put in perfectly healthy, otherwise people would read their minds. Decoding complex thought is already possible, Farhani said, during her Ready for Brain Transparency talk at the WEF Summit summit last week. The tech is now also uh, able to reveal the degree of stress somebody's experiencing, as well as what they're paying attention to. So the goal is to know what or how a person is feeling, what they're thinking, and what draws their interest. According to the professor, all the ingredients here, all that's needed is a mass uptake. We all get these little implants, and eventually a shift from today's devices that will accomplish it. Wearables. You don't need to have an implant. You just stick it on like a pair of headphones. Done. It'll sync up. Read your brain. And who will be gathering the information? Hmm. Nightmarish scenario, healthy people subjecting themselves to this, something many of us will likely see within our lifetimes, and predicted uh, that that would happen. Scary toast. Scary, scary toast. Congratulations on your brain metric. No, thank you. Mm, Not interested. Read the rest of this article. It's in our show notes. And it's scary. It's scary how big tech has control of you and how much they're going to have control in the future. As you know, on this show, we are as diametrically opposed to TikTok, the app, as you can be. I've told you a billion times, I'll tell you again, 
If you're on TikTok, get off TikTok. If you have your kids are on TikTok, you, they're going to scream and stomp their little feet. Don't give a crap. Get them off TikTok. Get it deleted from their phone. If you actually take the time, and nobody will, to sit and read the terms of service, you will have no doubt about why you should dump TikTok. It is scary, scary stuff. They can read your messages, your contacts. They can post on your behalf. They even see what you're going to type before you send it. As you're composing a tweet or a TikTok, they will see it. Even if you decide to delete it and not send it, they still know what you were going to send. I'm not kidding. Read the terms of service. It's in there. Well, here's the latest from TikTok. A TikTok employee, or their employees in general, can decide who or what goes viral at the click of a button. Massive influential power. You get these TikTok posts that get, you know, millions and millions of hits It's not necessarily because the person put together a good TikTok video. It might be because somebody at TikTok clicked a button. TikTok has told Forbes magazine that some of its employees in the U.S. can choose videos to boost to introduce celebrities and emerging creators to the TikTok community. (coughs) Excuse me. TikTok admitted that after Forbes reported about the platform's heating button. Heating, H-E-A-T. It's used to place selected videos on the For You page of users. That function helps boost the views of videos that have not been selected by the algorithm that TikTok uses to recommend uh, content to you. According to a spokesperson, increasing the views of selected videos is not the only purpose for the heating function. They said that function helps promote some videos to help diversify the content experience. Mm. They further claim only 0.002% of the videos in the For You feeds are heated. According to Forbes, Heated videos, however, account for around 1% or 2% of the videos in the feed. Concern is that these heated or boosted videos don't have any kind of a label that tells you they've been heated, boosted. They appear just like any other on the For You page. For years have been reports that TikTok promises to promote content to convince celebrities, brands, and politicians to use the platform. It means TikTok decides uh, who to promote and who not to promote. Brands, creators might lose a spot on somebody's feed to someone else the company decides they want to promote. And I wonder if there's any, uh, any cash involved here, too. I'll just bet there is. Follow the money. There have been uh, reports of employees heating content that they should not. 
like videos from partners, friends, and even their own content. Oh, yeah. Read the article. It's right there in our show notes tonight. And uh, like I said, I, I just get off TikTok. Dump it. Delete the program. And do it now because they're spying on you. They have all of your data. Every bit of it. All right. Where are we going here? Okay. This is a great story. This is brilliant. Our last story before we get on to our book tonight. We always end with a piece of good news, and boy, it don't get much gooder than this. A McDonald's customer returns $5,000. He was given it from the McDonald's in a bag by accident. Do good, people. An Indiana man ordered a sausage McMuffin at his local McDonald's and got a lot more than he expected. Good Samaritans can be found in all kinds of places, even the drive-through lanes of your local fast food place. On January 16th, just a week ago, Joshua Vargas shared a video detailing his trip to a McDonald's drive-thru in uh, Elkhart, Indiana. He got more than he ordered. In the now viral clip, which has been seen 2.3 million times, Vargas is shocked by what he finds in his to-go bag instead of breakfast thousands of dollars this is the video uh there's sound here but i'm I'm not well let me see if i can play a little bit of it this bag they're fucking deposit why just a couple thousand dollars here like what is this why would they do this (laughs) that is insane Anyway, he explained he ordered a sausage McMuffin. And uh, he looked inside the bag. The worker handed him. And inside the bag was the McDonald's deposit. Some $5,000 worth of cash. He, being an honest and do-the-right-thing kind of guy, could have walked away with it. But uh, he decided it wouldn't be the right thing to do. Wow. Says, what the F? Now I have to return it because I'm a good person. Put the money in the bag. Pulled back up to the McDonald's. Unbuckles his seatbelt, heads in. He asks the universe, presumably, why would you guys do this to me? You know how bad I want this money. Who put me in this situation? You guys laundering money around here, Vargas says to a worker at the register who realizes he's returning the cash they've been looking for. Amid all the relieved reactions from the staff that can be heard from the McDonald's uh, employees, one asks if he could give him a hug, which he accepts. (laughs) Back in the car, Vargas reflects on his good deed. He said, I cut that short, but they were just all hugging me and thanking me, adding some folks were crying. Free McDonald's for a month, I guess. When I was driving away, they called me back in and they gave me 200 bucks. Wow. 
Smiling, the TikTok ends with Vargas sharing what he believes to be the moral of the story. Do good, people. Returning five grand, got 200 bucks, and free McDonald's for a month. Good trade value, and maybe a viral TikTok. A representative of McDonald's did not immediately respond to a request for comment. <laughs> Unbelievable. There is the guy, Joshua Vargas, Dookie Doughboy. <laughs> what a great story, huh? Imagine that. What would you do? I hope you do the right thing. You never know. Five grand's a lot of money. In fact, if you convert that to my currency, Malaysian ringgit, what is that? 20, 25,000 ringgit? That's a lot of cash. <laughs> All right, it's time for our book tonight. We do books on this show, if you didn't know that already. We're reading White Fang. We've gotten uh, through a couple of different parts of the book. And um, we've read a whole bunch of different uh, Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland. We've done so many classic books. And this one from 1906, Jack London wrote. And uh, it's a classic. It is a fantastic story written mostly from the viewpoint of the animals. And uh, we've been concentrating on the little gray wolf cub who finally made it out of the cave. And uh, we'll continue on with White Fang. A great fear came upon him. This was more of the terrible unknown. He crouched down on the lip of the cave and gazed out at the world. He was very much afraid. Because it was unknown. It was hostile to him. Therefore, the hair stood up on end along his back, and his lips wrinkled weakly in an attempt at a ferocious and intimidating snarl. Out of his puniness and fright, he challenged and menaced the whole wide world. Nothing happened. He continued to gaze, and in his interest, he forgot to snarl. Also, he forgot to be afraid. For the time, the fear had been routed, by growth, while growth had assumed the guise of curiosity. He began to notice near objects, an open portion of the stream that flashed in the sun, the blasted pine tree that stood at the base of the slope, and the slope itself that ran right up to him, and ceased two feet beneath the lip of the cave on which he crouched. And now the gray cub lived all his days on a level floor, He'd never experienced the hurt of a fall. He didn't know what a fall was, so he stepped boldly out upon the air. His hind legs still rested on the cave lip, and so he fell forward, head first, straight down. The earth struck him with a harsh blow on the nose that made him yelp. And then he began rolling down the slope, over and over. He was in a panic of terror. The unknown had caught him at last. It had gripped savagely hold of him and was about to wreak upon him some terrific hurt. Growth was now routed by fear, and he kayed like any frightened puppy. The unknown bore on him he knew not what frightful hurt, and he yelped and kayed incessantly. This was a different proposition from crouching in frozen fear while the 
unknown lurked just alongside. Now the unknown had caught tight a hold of him. Silence would do no good. Besides, it wasn't fear, but terror that convulsed him. But the slope grew more gradual, and its base was grass-covered. And here the cub lost momentum. When at last he came to a stop, he gave one last agonizing yell and then a long, whimpering wail. Also, and quite as a matter of course, as though his life had already made a thousand toilets, he proceeded to lick away the dry clay that soiled him. After that, he sat up, gazed around as might the first man of the earth who landed on Mars. The cub had broken through the wall of the world. The unknown had let go its hold of him, and here he was without hurt. But the first man on Mars would have experienced less unfamiliarity than he did. Without any annexant knowledge, without any warning whatever, that such existed, he found himself an explorer in a totally new world. Well, now that the terrible unknown had let go of him, he forgot that the unknown had any terrors. He was aware only of curiosity in all the things around him. He inspected the grass beneath him, the moss-berry plant just beyond, and the dead trunk of a blasted pine that stood on the edge of an open space among the trees. A squirrel running around the base of the trunk came full upon him, gave him a great fright. He cowered down and snarled. But the squirrel was as badly scared. It ran up the tree. From a point of safety, chattered back savagely. This helped the cub's courage. And though the woodpecker he next encountered gave him a start, he proceeded confidently on his way. Such was his confidence that when a moose bird impudently hopped up to him, he reached out it with a playful paw. The result was a sharp peck on the end of his nose that made him cower down and kai The noise he made was too much for the moose bird, who sought safety in flight. But the cub was learning. His misty little mind had already made an unconscious classification. There were live things and things not alive. Also, he must watch out for the live things. The things not alive remained always in one place. But the live things moved about. There was no telling what they might do. The thing to expect of them was the unexpected. And for this, he must be prepared. He traveled very clumsily. He ran into sticks and things. A twig that he thought was a long way off would the next instant hit him on the nose or rake him along his ribs. There were inequalities of surface. Sometimes he overstepped and stubbed his nose. Quite as often he understepped and stubbed his feet. There were pebbles and stones that turned under him when he trod upon them. And from them he came to know that things that were not alive were not all in the same state of stable equilibrium, as was his cave. Also, that small things not alive were more liable than large things to fall down or turn over. But with every mishap, 
he was learning. And the longer he walked, the better he walked. He was adjusting himself. He was learning to calculate his own muscular movements, to know his physical limitations, to measure distances between objects, between objects and himself. It was the luck of the beginner, born to be a hunter of meat, though he didn't know it. He blundered upon meat just outside his own cave door on his first foray into the world. It was by sheer blundering that he chanced upon the shrewdly hidden ptarmigan, Nest. He fell into it. He had essayed to walk along the trunk of a fallen pine. The rotten bark gave way under his feet, and with a despairing yelp, he pitched down the rounded crescent, smashed through the leafage and stalks of a small bush, and in the heart of the bush, on the ground, fetched up in the midst of seven ptarmigan chicks. They made noises. At first he was frightened at them, and then he perceived that they were very little, and he became bolder. They moved. He placed his paw on one, and its movements were accelerated. This was a source of enjoyment to him. He smelled it, picked it up in his mouth. It struggled, tickled his tongue. At the same time, he was made aware of the sensation of hunger. His jaws closed together. There was a crunching of fragile bones, and warm blood ran in his mouth. The taste of it was good. This was meat, the same as his mother gave him, only it was alive between his teeth, and therefore better. So he ate the ptarmigan, nor did he stop till he devoured the whole brood. And he licked his chops in quite the same way his mother did, and began to crawl out of the bush. He encountered a feathered whirlwind, was confused and blinded by the rush of it, and the beat of angry wings. He hid his head between his paws and yelped. The blows increased. The mother ptarmigan was in a fury, then he became angry. He rose up, snarling, striking out with his paws. He sank his tiny teeth into one of the wings and pulled and tugged sturdily. The ptarmigan struggled against him, showering blows upon him with her free wing. It was his first battle. He was elated. He forgot all about the unknown. He no longer was afraid of anything. He was fighting, tearing at a live thing that was striking at him. Also, this live thing was meat. The lust to kill was on him. He'd just destroyed little live things. He now would destroy a big live thing. He was too busy and happy to know that he was happy. He was thrilling and exulting in ways new to him and greater to him than any he had known before. He held onto the wing and growled between his tight, clenched teeth. The ptarmigan dragged him out of the bush, and when she turned and tried to drag him back into the bush's shelter, he pulled her away from it and out into the open. 
and all the time she was making outcry and striking with her free wing, while feathers were flying like snowfall. The pitch to which he was aroused was tremendous. All the fighting blood of his breed was up in him and surging through him. This was living, though he didn't know it. He was realizing his own meaning in the world. He was doing that for which he was made, killing meat and battling to kill it. He was justifying his existence, than which life can do no greater, for life achieves its summit when it does to the utmost that which it was equipped to do. After a time, the ptarmigan ceased her struggle. He still held her by the wing. They lay on the ground, looked at each other. He tried to growl threateningly, ferociously. She pecked on his nose, which by now, what of previous adventures, was sore. He winced, but held on. She pecked him again and again. From wincing, he went to whimpering. He tried to back away from her, oblivious to the fact that by his hold on her, he dragged her after him. A rain of pecks fell on his ill-used nose. The flood of fight ebbed down in him. And, releasing his prey, he turned tail and scampered on across the open in inglorious retreat. All right, we're going to close it off there and we will continue on with this chapter coming up in our next live stream on Saturday night. Very cool. White Fang. Love this book. Hope you are too. I will uh, I will see you again on Saturday night. Please, if you don't mind, just take a moment to hit that uh, follow button. It's right over here. It says follow. Just click that. It's free for you. Helps the show out a lot. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you Saturday night. Until then, this is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night, everybody.